McDavid to the middle of goes. Cassian lets it go. He scores. What a pass from McDavid to Zach Cassian. It's a 3-2 game. Centering pass. Stepping into a shot. Nurse scores. We're tied at three. Wrist shot through traffic. Scores. That one got through. Well, you got to play a full 60 minutes. You got to check for a full 60 minutes in this league. Um, you know, we outshot him, we outchanced him. There's no reason why we shouldn't have come out with two points tonight. How's it going, everybody? This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast. As always, I'm Joe, and I'm joined by Luke, and we're back once more for another episode. And Sabres haven't played in a, in a minute, but we both went to the Oilers game. I wasn't expecting to go to this game, but free tickets are free tickets. I got to sit center ice in the 100 level. And, oh man, I, how was your experience at the game? The, my takeaway, I always have a, a new takeaway anytime I go to a, a mm-hmm. game live in attendance. It, it feels good to be back on, by the way. I know, but I feel like players are easier to evaluate in person, obviously, yes, than I on agree. television. I agree. And Casey Nelson had a phenomenal game. You know, who Casey else had yes, Casey Middles wonderful. Oh man. What a game. If that's not even Middlestat's peak, if we know he can do that, then he's going to be set. He's fine, okay? Can he do that every night? What does he have, 10 goals this year? Yes, that was his 10th of the season. He will be fine. And you know what? In the Pittsburgh game, too, on Friday, a beautiful feed to Scotty the Iceman Wilson. Scott Wilson was phenomenal. He almost had a goal on a one-timer from where I was sitting, but... I love the Iceman, and uh, it it was a fun experience. I mean... We blew it, the team, but there were plenty of laughs to be had with the people I was with. So you see, where you were in the three hundred level. Yes, I was uh, three rows down from the back wall. All right, I have a theory. Yeah. I have a theory. Okay, so before uh, recently, like I've been sitting in the one hundred level, only the one hundred level. I won't sit anywhere else, mm-hmm. but I think that's going to change yeah. because. Okay, when I would sit in the 300 level, this is who you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by the smart fans Mm -hmm. that don't have the money to sit in the 100 level. And this is just a generalization. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, trying to, you know. You're surrounded by the everyman. Yeah, you're you're surrounded by the common man, the knowledgeable hockey fan. Yeah. Everyone's wearing jerseys. Mm -hmm. And you're surrounded by families. Small children. Oh, absolutely. And oh. also, you got the uneducated folk as well that scream every time the puck is touched. There were two little oil fans. And whenever, like, I went to the wild game, I was sitting in the 300 level with my friend, and uh, somebody hit Marcus Foligno, and mm-hmm. it was this girl behind me started screaming because you, know, <laughs> you can't touch Marcus Foligno. But, anyways, oh. when you sit in the 100 level, you're not seeing as many jerseys, you're seeing. Suburban hockey dads mm-hmm. with their ten-year-old kids sitting. They got their popcorn and their and, uh, nachos mm-hmm. and probably a Miller Lite and whatnot. Or, uh, yeah, and then they're, I don't drink. What do they drink? I don't know. They're in their suits <laughs> as well. Like, oh, really? Suits? Oh yeah, they're whoa, in their suits. Whoa. Okay. Uh, what else? Yeah. Okay. So, oh my God, the the sheer amount of suburban hockey dads that were I was surrounded by was. Unreal. With opinions Unreal. and everything? Oh, yeah, they had opinions. I was live-tweeting the opinions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was before Eichel started going off. Uh, 
And this guy was like, Jack's Mr. Potato Head. He's got no expression on his face. That's... <laughs> he's, uh, uh... That's just uncalled for. He's a prima donna. Mm, oh, man. It's 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 just uncalled for, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah, like these two guys behind me, Jack Eichel, just a never-ending roast fest. Even though Eichel had a phenomenal game, he was fantastic. He had two beautiful goals on Miko Koskinen, the Oilers franchise goaltender for the next four years or whatever he's signed for. Yeah, but anyways, I think one of them said that... Ooh, what did he say? He said, ooh, what Cassian scored. Zach Cassian lit up the Sabres. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, we should have never let Zach Cassian go. He's an awesome player. And uh, <laughs> and then this, the guy sitting next to him, his buddy, was like, yeah, they shouldn't never let Tyler Ennis go, too. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Move you know, on. You know what? How many times are we going to be like, oh, we got to bring this guy back and this guy back? I'll I remember tell you a couple of weeks ago we advocated bringing Tyler Myers back, but Myers is actually a good hockey player. I'll tell you what. I was that guy when Cashin scored as well. I, I turned I turned my friends and I was like, you want to know who's still in the league? Zach Cashin. You want to know who's not? Cody Hodson. And the guy in front of me turned around and laughed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I cracked somebody well, up. Well, I mean, Cody Hodgson <laughs> had a condition where he couldn't play anymore, I know, and still, I, I I pointed that out after the like fact. It's not like he couldn't play but, hockey, but... No, I know. Yeah. But, I mean, his production mm-hmm. tanked. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cody Hodgson was the Sabres' leading point scorer. And yeah. The Reinhardt draft. <laughs> 42 points, I think. Something yeah. around that. But I, 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 I made sure to mention that, okay, that right. didn't go... I'm but... You know, it's just so frustrating sitting with all these suburban hockey dads. Yeah. It's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. And then we had a suburban hockey mom that was sitting with her son that got mad at one of the suburban hockey dads that was sitting next to her for using foul language. Have I ever told you the origin story of, like, why I think this about hockey no, I don't, dads? No, I don't think so. Do you want to hear it? Yes, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So this is what inspired me and kind of made me think negatively about like any kind of hockey dad who grows up in like a development sort of I was like 8 years old and I was hanging out with my friend we were in 3rd grade around this time and I had slept over at his house and we were doing just like normal kid stuff he was a year older than me actually and we were playing with with wrestling figures or something just in the morning and he had a hockey game that morning, or a practice that is. And and his dad, who's like, I mean, a, a hard, you know what, fill in the blank, kind of, just a jerk, kind of. I don't, I, I don't think this kid's listening to it. He probably isn't, so I can say it. But keep in mind, my friend is nine years old here. And we're just being kids in the morning and playing. He has hockey practice in a few hours. And his dad just starts, like, laying into him. About, like, getting ready and stuff. I don't know if he had a bad day at work the day before or, like, because he works in a high-stress, high-risk job. And, like, I don't – he just starts, like, throwing stuff even, like, throwing his hockey bag around and is like, come on, let's go. His kid is nine or eight, whatever. (laughs) He's like, let's go. You have practice. What what, what the hell are you doing? And just, like, throwing stuff. And, like, meanwhile, my friend starts to cry. And I'm sitting there at, like, the, the island in the kitchen, like, whatever, the, whatever they call it, breakfast counter. I don't know. And I'm just, like, terrified because 
my friend wants me to go with him to practice, and I'm just like, uh, no. Like, how am I going to ride in the car with you after this? Luckily, I didn't go, but it, it was traumatizing. I think about, like, every day that his dad just, like, it was pretty much, like, abuse in every way except physical because just yelling at him like you gotta go practice and like i don't that is the the inspiration behind that pretty much but it's a turn dark... into the next patrick kane he though, turned yeah so absolutely okay. yes absolutely oh yeah. yes 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 yeah. he actually plays lacrosse now so oh. but that is it's a morbid backstory but it's 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 what inspired it pretty much and uh i had to now the story's out there, how it's explained. That's that's a suburban hockey day. And now the rest is what you say is history. And now he's going to be... It's a running joke on the Charging Buffalo podcast. Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be a suburban hockey don't dad. Don't treat your kid like that. Well, you can be a suburban hockey dad. Don't be the stereotypical suburban hockey dad. Yeah, don't dad. be the stereotypical oh, suburban yeah. hockey dad. Yeah. We're not saying, like, oh, if you're a hockey dad. Yeah, and there's not all suburban hockey dads yeah. that think Jack Eichel sucks. And, that, and you live in yeah. the, the development, like, Pleasant Run or something, it's called. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're, you know, a jerk. To All right. Kid, I'm just saying. Well, that was that was fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm contemplating. Oh, imagine what the 200 level is like. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, everybody says, "Oh, I'm sitting in the 200 level." Does that really exist? I feel oh, like yeah. it's just the suites. No, it's the <laughs> like, club section. I've sat uh, in the club well, section. Yeah. Okay. That's once come or on. Twice. You're not part of it if you're sitting there. You know. True. For work, they I've, serve you. They serve you yeah. in the two hundreds. I've I've sat in the the Lexus Club or the Golden Circle, as they call it, for mm-hmm. like the sponsors for yeah. for work, and you don't feel it's a brilliant experience. It's wonderful, the, the free food and all that, but like you don't feel like you're part of the crowd. Mm. Yeah, I but, understand that. Yeah, but I mean, whatever. All right. Uh, do we want to say anything else about this Oilers game? I mean, Allmark had a pretty rough one. Yeah, I, I thought Oposo had a really nice game as well. Oposo has been pretty good since mm-hmm. he's come back from that concussion, yeah. which is good to see. Of course, you want to see the guy succeed still. Hopefully, at least try to live up to that contract. But yeah, and I think that the time has come to accept that the Buffalo Sabers have two backup goaltenders, and the future of the Buffalo Sabers crease is not on the roster right now. Mm, I I feel like that's. When do goalies actually correct their problems? Unless you have a phenomenal coach, Mitch Korn. When, like, it doesn't happen. I'm uh, For a goalie, Allmark is still pretty young. He's young, but you watch his game and it's just, he, he can't predict the play. The Crosby goal, okay? I, I screen recorded my phone and sent it to people I know saying, this is my beef with Linus Allmark. Evgeny Malkin, I think it was, passes this puck from the half wall. And Allmark doesn't even get over until the shot leaves Crosby's stick. Everybody and 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 their mother knows where that shot is going and who it's going to and what's going to happen. It's going to be a one-timer to the best player in the world. You got to get over. It's like I, you have to anticipate that stuff. Like, you could just see it. You you know what's happening. And, and he, he couldn't get over in time. I think that, I don't know, his reaction just, it, it's not there. It's not all there all the time. Ukopekalukinen. Mm. I, I love my goalies. Ukopekalukinen. Ukopekalukinen. That's going to be fun to hear Marty say. Ukopekalukinen. Mm. Ah, this is just so depressing. 
trying to think. I, this is like throwback to last year. I mean, they haven't won back-to-back games since December. They haven't won back-to-back games in regulation since October. Mm-hmm. Will they win back-to-back games again this year? I think one more time. One? Can we face the Sanders again? They face the Sanders in the second-to-last game of the season. Why do I feel like we haven't faced the Sanders at all this year? Hold on. Let's... Should we, we pick the Sabres? Let's pick the Sabres. We might have had a back-to-back with them, actually, earlier in the year. Let's pick the Sabres. Or pick Let's the pull Sabres. up the remaining schedule. Um, I, How many points do they have right now? 62? 64? Sabres? Yeah. Oh, we have 68. 68. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 68, 11 points out of a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So that ship has sailed. All right. Tonight, they, are, they got a showdown with the Chicago Blackhawks, and they haven't won in Chicago since, like, 2004. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Uh, okay, 8.30 face-off. Who's winning this tilt? Chicago. Chicago. Colorado, Saturday, 3 p.m. Buffalo's going to take this one. I, I um, feel... I'm going Colorado. All right. Dallas. I'm going Sabres. Pittsburgh. Pull that one out. Uh, Loss. Loss to Pittsburgh, yeah. Carolina. Loss. St. Louis. Loss. Toronto. Mm, let's go with the win. They blew a 2 nothing lead to the mm, Canucks right. yesterday. Montreal. Loss. Now here, here is your prime candidate for your two-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. New Jersey and Ottawa and Detroit. It's three um, in a row there. Ooh, two. Okay. I think we will beat New Jersey but lose to Ottawa and Detroit. That would be gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. But losing to Ottawa and Detroit's big for the crapo for Kako sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Islanders. Loss. All right. Last week of the season, you got the Blue Jackets, Predators, Senators, and Red Wings. Uh, you know what? We lose the Blue Jackets and Predators, but we They go out on a two-game winning streak. We go out on a and high. And the momentum will carry on into next season, mm-hmm. and they will win the Stanley Cup. They will carry on the momentum from beating two bad teams at, right at the end, and then they will not fire Housley. They're going to keep the same group of players, and then they're just going to roll on, and that's it. By the way, last night I legitimately had a dream-slash-nightmare about Linus Allmark's Swiss cheese goals. And I said Swiss cheese in the dream. I know it. Those words they, well, I mean, came up in my head. That first goal, the shorthanded goal from, mm-hmm. I forget who scored, but... Like, yeah, it was no, dry sidle. Yeah, it was dry sidle. Yeah. Horrible. Like, what are you doing? And then the one that squeaked through his pads might have been the last. Maybe goal two of them weren't pulled. his fault. Okay, yeah. the the dry sidle one, and then because I mean they should have never been in that position yeah. in the first place. But still, make the stop, man. And there was one where Scandella and Ristolainen on the second goal were pretty much on the boards, and Middlestat is the only guy in front of the net, and Allmark's even pointing like, "You go here, you go here." And still, I think it was Darnell Nurse scored. Maybe that was the third goal then. But yeah, it sucks. Uh, you can't let in goals like the fourth one. And that's like the Toronto game. He was brutal. Pucks were squeaking everywhere. It, oh, God. It, he was bad. Eight, 88 save percentage this team has um, over the last... Goaltending has what? not been good lately. No, it's... Travis Yo said this on Show Up in the Bowling Day. It's been dreadful. 
Or maybe he used an R word. Uh, that's a Travis Yost tagline there, dreadful. He always says dreadful. Hmm. So I would imagine that's how he described it. Yeah. But, yeah, it sucks. I don't know. I mean, what do you want? What What are some positives that you want to see the rest of the way here? Do you want to see growth? Do you want to see well, Do you want to see wins? Do you want to see losses? I mean, there, I gotta be, I gotta imagine there's some people out there. I'll be ha- I want to see wins, but I'll be happy if Casey Middlestat plays well down the stretch. I want Dalene to get to ten goals. I probably that probably won't happen, but. Let me know what he has. Well, let's to see Skinner get to forty. He's definitely mm-hmm. not right. Skinner is—he's playing hurt. The thing with Skinner, though, he's not scoring, but he's still playing well enough, and he's still generating chances. And soon enough, the goals will come again. Because you can't just like be that good and get that many opportunities and just go cold. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem right to me. I don't know. Maybe he's still feeling it from the he ankle. He has to be. Mm-hmm. There's something up there. I don't know. He he seems like he's just not the same. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be one of those deals where we get knocked out and we shut him down. Once we're mathematically Maybe. done, we shut him down. Well, uh, it's looking like they may be mathematically done very, very soon. And speaking of Jeff Skinner, this morning Jeremy White tweeted, Hashtag Super Secret Sabres source chimes in that Skinner and the Sabres are currently 750000 to $1,000,000 apart per year. Skinner is looking for eight years, which means that's a total of six to eight million dollar gap in total value. So, I mean, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, not a big gap, but obviously the Sabers probably. I think Elliot Friedman reported on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast that the Sabers don't want to give him eight years, yeah. which is wise because what's Skinner going to look like in eight years? Are we going to be reg- regretting that four years from now? And plus, I love the Skin Man. But you do look at his point totals over the years, a career high of 63. Is that a $9 million player? No. You pay him for what he is, not for one year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That is a $6 million a year player. He's a 25-30 goal scorer consistently. That's not You don't pay $9 million for it. I, I get yeah. he's having a great year. Fans have fallen in love with him. Can you just get it down to seven and a half, eight million, eight maybe eight and a half? Like not, I, Nikita Kucherov is making nine and a half million dollars. Jeff Skinner can't even hold Nikita Kucherov's skates. I get it though because I, he's a goal scorer. Okay, Ovechkin makes nine and a half million. I get the contract was signed a while ago, but still, mm-hmm. he. I think Ovechkin makes nine and a half, something like that, but. There's nobody that we really, like, have to pay either. But, I mean, Skinner... Got to think of the future, too. It's not I'm not saying they should walk away from him, but still. No, 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 no. Like, to think that he should be getting $9.5 million is insane. Yeah, I think that's just... I never really looked at his numbers, like, career-wise over the other day, and I thought, hmm, that's kind of... I don't know if that adds up to $9 million a year, but... Well, and then think about it. if Skinner gets nine and a half million dollars, he's not going to. But just hypothetical, how many players like that? Like the Connor McDavid contract mm-hmm. boosted salaries. Like everyone was getting like Shifley, McKinnon, Couturier. Uh, these guys are all signing long term deals at six million dollars, and now it looks like steel because mm-hmm. these are top front line players. Mm-hmm. Getting six million dollars, and now when is, uh, Skinner is getting nine million dollars, 
your top six winger market just skyrocketed, and now five years from now, a legitimate first line player is going to be getting like fourteen million dollars. How about Nashville's defense? Roman yeah. Yossi is on a cheap deal. Well, Yossi's up next year. Uh, Ekholm isn't making a lot. I think Ellis is on a cheap deal as well. So Ellis got paid. I feel like they just gave him like six and a half. But still. But still, though, for a guy of that caliber, I mean, you you'd think with all the stars on their team, they could still afford all their great forwards. And that's because they're not paying their defense anything. Let me. Uh, I'm bringing up cap friendly right now. Look at you. I'm turning into. I'm turning into you. <laughs> Roman Yossi. Is making four million dollars a year. Matisse at home. Oh my god! Wow. Three point seven five. How? How do they do that? Oh my goodness. Ryan Ellis. All of their captains are defensemen. I love it. Ryan Ellis. He's wow. Six, he's making two, the five. most of all their D max except for Subban. Like, Matt Donovan's up. Oh my god. The former Saber. And then that's. I didn't know that. So that's that's the heart of their defense then. Yeah. So. I mean, they're going to get a deal done. I think both sides want to get it done, but 750000 apart, so we'll see. I'm, it's not that much in reality. That's a minor league player, basically. Mm-hmm. So deal's going to get done. Just keep negotiating. It'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawks tonight, you know, we mentioned that a little earlier. Uh, I'm not anticipating a very fun game tonight. Uh... If anything, it'll be fun to watch Strom in the game. Dylan Strom, he's turned it around, huh? Patrick Kane's always fun to watch. He, yeah, how many points does Patrick Kane get tonight? Four? Mm, I'm Jeez, three. The guy's already got 40 goals. He'll have a goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. How much does the Brinkett get? Ooh. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we play it now? Let's play it now. Yeah. All right, so our very own DJ Mitchell, he interviewed Ryan Lambert from... Yahoo Sports, uh, host of Puck, co-host of Puck Soup now, correct? Yes. I believe so. He interviewed him. Uh, we're going to play a short snippet of the interview for you guys, kind of tease the interview. That's going to be up on Apple Podcasts as well as uh, SoundCloud later today. So you get two podcasts in one day, but a little bonus podcast for you guys. So we're going to play this interview part of the interview right now. DJ Mitchell with Ryan Lambert from Yahoo Sports. Okay, so why don't we just dive right into it at least. I mean, we're a few weeks removed from the trade deadline. You wrote a whole piece about, well, you didn't write a whole piece, but in one of your more recent pieces, you talked about the Sabres getting back to the playoffs. You talked a little about, a bit about the Montour trade. So if you're listening to this, go back, go to um, Yahoo Sports, go to the, to the article. There's a good piece in there about the Sabres getting back to the playoffs next year. You talked a bit about the Montour trade. What are your opinions on Montour? I know you have a bit of an analytic background or at least mind for it. So what are your thoughts on Brandon Montour? Um, I think he, I mean, he has not had a good year, right? Um, and that, you know, is that the collapse of Anaheim just like as a team, you know, because like even, even their really good other defenders like Lindholm, for example, Hampus Lindholm's one of the better defenders in the league. He's having a bad year. Um, and, you know, basically anybody on the Ducks who isn't named John Gibson is having a bad year. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's a, a good opportunity to buy low. I don't really remember what the Sabres gave up to acquire him, but I don't think it was anybody significant, right? Like it wasn't anybody uh, you care about. No, it would be Brandon Gooley is one of our higher end prospects, if you will, but nothing like a top tier. I, I would rate yeah, him that, so that like, high. 
Yeah, a first so, like, that was his... protected. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. It was the first. Round it was. Pick. It, it's yeah. either yeah. It's either St. Louis or um, San Jose, but depending, it's going to be. It's past the higher 20. of the two, right? It's the higher um, it, of the two or the lower okay. of the two. Yeah. So it's going to be past twenty. If, if, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. If one team misses the playoffs, it's not that one. It's past twenty, but it's not thirty-one. It's up to thirty. So right. I don't know so what. I, either I, of them win the cup. I think yeah. it's the higher of the two. Yes, exactly. Um, I think so, too. It's super confusing, but yeah, yeah it's pretty it, much it. It's hard to remember. I mean, there were so many conditional trades this year. It's yeah. hard to remember. Um, but yeah, no. So Montour, like, you know, if, if you want to say Ghoulie's like ceiling is Montour yeah. when he's not having a good year, uh, I think that's pretty good, right? And and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like, uh, you know, if you put him with a guy who can play a little bit, <laughs> not Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> oh God! There we go. There it is. Um, if, if you put him with a guy who can play a little bit, I, I think you know you're you're going to see him round back into form. Um, the problem, of course, is the Sabres blue line is has been probably will continue to be a disaster. Um, and I don't and I don't really think the coaching has helped very much either. No. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like I think it was a good trade because I think he's a good player but a lot more needs to happen for yeah. them to like get back to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I have plenty of views on the take. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not, we don't have to get in the rest of line in now. We could definitely save that for maybe the next part where we talk about the, the season in general. I mean, I think rest gets a little bit of a bad rep in the analytic community because he takes so many D zone starts and really, they really utilize him there, which makes very little sense because he's done so poorly five on five. Right. So I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying, I think it's really magnified by the fact that he gets such oh, yeah. a, an egregious workload that he doesn't do well at. I, I don't, that's kind of like back to coaching and why many Sabres fans, I don't, I know you probably don't get it as much, but maybe in the comments when it's just fire Housley is just all over the place right well, now. And this is going to shock you. I don't read the comments on my articles. No. <laughs> Um, I know you've mentioned that they've been I'm sure they're brutal at times um, but why don't we just get right into this season for the Sabres I mean we're coming to the end if you ask any Sabres fan that's even close to rational they know it's over this season is really going to go down as one of the greatest just just unbelievable collapses I mean really it is well, it is bad I don't to know. go from that November I mean I just the, well, it's so very rare thing, a right? team like, banked that many points Sure, but like you know, if they started out and they went, uh, you know, what was their record at the end of that run? Oh, like, well, I mean, well, I don't, I, I, I don't know for I sure. Think I mean, there yeah, were like but... eleven games above five hundred or something like that. Yeah, and if you spread that out over the course of the entire first two months of the season, people go, "Oh, wow, the Sabers are really good," as, as opposed to the Sabres won 10 in a row and they're ready to kick ass the entire second two thirds of the season. Like, and that was the difference for me, right? Like they, nobody thought they were going to be, well, nobody that I take seriously thought they were going to be like great or anything like that. And then I remember I did one of the, uh, one of the Buffalo radio shows, like the, the day of their last win, I want to say like what, whenever they ran it to the 10th game, I think. Yeah. And they were like, so what do you think? I was like, well, they'd have to uh, blow it pretty big time to uh, to not make the playoffs. Like, I think they'd have that. I think I had done the math at that point and I figured out they needed to get like an 84 point pace for the rest of the season, which is like barely above 500. Mm-hmm. And they haven't come close. So close. it's amazing. <sighs> I I still remember like leaving that San Jose Sharks game, Jeff Skinner, OT winner from Darlene, 10 in a row. And it was just electric. And then walking out 
against Edmonton after another collapse. I mean, you should if you want to do a little bit of a little look. I mean, they have blown more leads and not even like blown a lead. Some it's just giving up four consecutive goals in a row or three consecutive three and four consecutive goals in a row in the second period like 12 times this year. It, it is amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I could I could I'll share a tweet with you that was from a, another Buffalo account that I saw. I mean, they are so good at collapsing and the season really has been summed up that way, but um, really, once the turn of the year, I mean, it has been a downhill spiral. All right, and you can hear the rest of that interview. The whole thing will be up on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud later today at some point. So definitely go check that out if you want to hear the rest. And we're just going to continue on here. So uh, I want to talk about offer sheets. Mm-hmm. It's a star-studded restricted free agent class this off season. I feel like we haven't really talked about offer sheets a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull up Cap Friendly, and we're going to take a look at the restricted free agents for this off season. And I've said it this before. I If there is no offer sheet this off season, I don't think there will ever be another offer sheet in the history of the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. It's going to be insane if there's not an offer sheet. Hold on. I got to sort by... Now, I hadn't thought about this, but it's a good tool for players as well. And I think that's why offer sheets won't go away. I think players want it in the CBA because it gives them a uh, bit of a bargaining chip, mm-hmm. I want to say. But how good is that bargaining chip if nobody offer sheets you? Yeah, if the, if teams are too afraid to do it, just get rid of it. I like. What's the point of having it if it just... It's not going to happen. All right. Well, I guess this isn't going to sort by points. But, no, I definitely want this sorted by points. So the best players go first. Uh, here we go. Come on. Um, yeah, well, uh, I, speaking of offer sheets, I wanted to find a way to mention this day, but I was listening to the, the radio on the ride in. And a caller said that to, to Marty Baran, actually. He goes, uh, I'm going to propose some things to you right now. One. Offer sheet Rantanen. Rantanen? <laughs> so, so you hear Rantanen, oh and it's like, Suburban okay, hockey dad. Suburban hockey dad on the line, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, and two. Rantanen. Get, oh, man. <laughs> get ready for this, okay? He goes, sign Wayne Simmons. Oh, Lord. And bring back Ryan Miller. And I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> How did Brayton let that and... guy on? Come on. He, there was another player he wanted us to sign as well, another UFA. Not just RFA Rantanen, but... Uh, Rantanen. Rantanen. <laughs> Ran, Biff Tannen. All right. Okay, I found the, the list here of restricted free agents. Star-studded. You got Miko Rantanen, as the GR yep. caller said. Miko Rantanen. has 85 points in 67 games. Mitch Marner. Braden Point, Sebastian Ajo, Matthew Kachuk, Timo Meyer, Kyle Connor, Brock Besser, Patrick Laine, Kevin LeBanc, William Carlson, Travis Konechny, Kasperi Kapanen, Jakob Verana, Jacob Truba, Colin White, Zach Wierenski, Kevin Fiala, Alex Kerfoot, JT Comfer, our old friend, Travis Sanheim. There's no shortage of really good players. Oh, you got Ivan Provorov as well, who's having a down year. Uh... Anthony Beauvillier, Burakovsky's in RFA as well, so no shortage of guys. And then you got there's three teams that have a lot of RFAs. 
that probably won't be able to keep them all. Toronto, they got Marner, uh, John Janssen, and Kapanen. Well, Tampa Bay's obviously well. They're gonna have to. They're gonna keep Braden points. Obviously, they're gonna keep Braden point. They're gonna have to trade some other guys though. Uh, you got Winnipeg. They got Line A, Connor, Truba as well. Like it's gonna be tough for some of these teams. So I like Toronto is a perfect candidate to be offer sheeted because they barely have any cap space as it is. They're gonna sign Marner. And then, like, if a team even offered, like, and it's worth noting here. It's not like a video game where you can just be like, hey, uh, Sebastian Ajo, do you want to come play in Buffalo? We're just going to give you this offer sheet, and then you have to come here. No, the player has to agree to it. You Mm -hmm. have to actually negotiate with the player. The player has to want to leave Toronto and come to Buffalo, for example. Like, if Buffalo wanted to offer sheet Kasperi Kapanen, he would have to want to leave Toronto. Or that just wouldn't happen. And, like, why would a guy like Marner want to leave Toronto, if you think about it? He's from there. Mm-hmm. They're a good young team that's going to win He's best friends Stanley with Mitch Cups. Marner, or no, with, with, with Austin Matthews. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe he wants to be a New York Islander. Who knows? But, yeah. Uh, Matt Kachuk would be a nice player to offer sheet. But Calgary's going to definitely sign him. I wouldn't even think about that. But Winnipeg... What do they do? Are they going to be able to keep Connor, Line, and Truba? You know who's a guy I'd pay and I see on that list? Jakob Vrana. I love yes, Vrana. I love mm-hmm. Jakob Vrana. I really wanted him. Mostly because he was hilarious year. during the Stanley Cup celebrations. Wait, wasn't that Burakovsky? No, it was Vrana. Oh, okay. It was Jakob Vrana. Mm. He's a wild man. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, funny. RFAs. Okay. Uh, there was an athletic. But he's a great player, yeah. too. I'm just, you know. Uh, on the athletic, and I think it was LeBron who was talking to some GMs around the league about offer sheets. And oh, I'm going to try and find it really quick. But it seems like most of the guys he was talking to were, like, debunking the whole, like, boys club thing where we don't want to piss anybody off. Like, and then we're worried that, uh,. We're not going to be able to make any trades or whatnot. And the last two offer sheets that there were was Ryan O'Reilly and Shea Weber. Mm-hmm. The, of course, the Flames offer sheeted O'Reilly in Colorado, and the Flyers offer sheeted Shea Weber in Philadelphia. I think Paul Holmgren made 17-something trades after he offer sheeted Shea Weber. He was not blacklisted. And I'm not sure if Sean... Like, nobody offersheeted Sean Couturier, I don't think. I think he was... that a contract extension, or was it, like, an off, off-season off deal? I'm not so sure, but if that was, you didn't see Nashville go out and offersheet Sean Couturier. I don't... I just... I don't feel like the fear is so much as people won't trade with you, because that's kind of, It's unrelated to the offersheet problem. But maybe that you don't want to lose your players... If that time ever comes, maybe through an offer sheet, and then you look at Calgary. Mm-hmm. Jay Feaster still made trades. Mm-hmm. He didn't get blacklisted. They were selling at that point. They were kind of re- entering their rebuild. I'm not sure if like the Jerome McKinley trade happened before or after that. I'd have to look it up. But Feaster didn't get blacklisted, even though he was only on the job for like one or one more year, maybe. But and by the way, I didn't know this for the longest time, but 
since that was the lockout year and O'Reilly played overseas, if Calgary got him, they would have to put him on waivers. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then Colorado could just get him back. And oh, then they wow. would have gotten, I don't. it's probably like, what would have been the compensation at the time for O'Reilly? $6 million. It would have been at least a first-round pick. Yeah. It was. It probably would have been like the first, second, third, maybe two firsts, a second. When did they third. do that? It was 2013 or 2012, I believe. Okay, that's why I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a while ago, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, could you imagine if Calgary got him and then That's had to crazy. put him on waivers? Yeah. That would have been horrible. Okay, so I want to read you some of the quotes. Oh, also, interesting from this piece from LeBron, Colorado thought very hard about offersheeting Mark Stone. They were close to doing it, I guess. Mm. So, and another wrinkle here is if you offersheet a player, if a player signs an offersheet, the player cannot be traded for 12 months. Hmm. So, if okay. Stone was signed an offer sheet with the Colorado Avalanche mm-hmm. and Ottawa matched it, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to trade him at the trade oh, deadline. Oh, so it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. So, they would have lost him for nothing. Isn't that... And That's then, bizarre. at that point... Ottawa's probably like, hey, he's not going to sign with us. Mm-hmm. We're just going to take the the picks. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, that'd probably be the best course of action there, right? Yeah. Just take the picks, let him go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then Colorado, they would still have Ottawa's first-round pick. Yeah. They probably would have lost something next year, but still. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Oh, and probably man. on the four first-round picks. He signed up for $9.5 million. Would definitely been four first-round picks. Uh, here's uh, Arizona Coyotes GM John Chica on the possibility of seeing an offer sheet. Obviously, with the amount of younger players, the quality of the younger players, it's something to consider. Uh, it's less about whether GM's appetite for it is changing and how m- more just the quality of players and how you get those players. There are also so many ways, and offer sheets are one of them, potentially. And that's the thing. How do you get 23, 24-year-old superstars? You can't. Mm-hmm. The only way you can is through an offer sheet. And I just want to see one. Just one. One is what will create... Trigger the It'll domino trigger effect. the explosion. Because, yeah. I mean, who cares? So what? You offer sheet a guy, even if you do burn a bridge... That can't stop you from just keeping on offer sheet more guys. You improve your team. Do whatever. Like that's the common theme in here. It's not like do what you can to improve your team. It's like the rule disappears. You can go after anybody's guys. Yeah. Like what's holding you back? Yeah. I want to find the Ray Shiro comment. I'm a fan of it. It's just I I I have a weird thing. I feel like it it doesn't it won't happen. Mm -hmm. I it's I don't know. And the thing is, the good teams aren't going to be able to offer sheet. Because mm-hmm. they don't have the cap space. Yeah. Most of the time, they don't have the picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fringe teams aren't going to do it because uh, I think one GM pointed out in this piece that with the new lottery system, anyone can win the lottery. Mm-hmm. We saw last year the Hurricanes won the lottery, and the year before the Flyers won the lottery. Mm-hmm. Anyone can win. Anything's possible. So you don't want to be the guy where you offer sheet someone, like Kapanen. Somebody offers Kapanen, mm-hmm. and then... Like, if the Sabres offer sheet captain next year, miss the playoffs, and then the Leafs get 
Alexi Lafreniere with the first overall pick. Like, mm-hmm. that would be horrible. And you can't lottery protect offer sheet picks. You just can't. And if you're a fringe team, you're obviously not a powerhouse. Are you yeah. going to give up four Is future that assets? really put you over the top? Yeah. Maybe. For, maybe not. But, yeah. like, for the Sabres, does Kyle Connor or Sebastian Ajo put them over the top? Puts them closer, but I don't think... We aren't world beaters. Like, is there one guy out there that you add to this team right now where it's just like, oh, yeah, they're in the playoffs next year? I don't think so. No. You need more than one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. I want to find – and then the the seller dwellers aren't going to do it, that's for sure, because you don't want to get up a lottery pick next year. Maybe that's why it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But there's one team that I could definitely see using an offer sheet, and I think Alec Friedman is pointing this out too, the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. The New Jersey Devils. I want to pull up Ray Shiro's comment because this really stood out to me. Really stood out to me. That he was kind of like offended that people think that it's like teams will get angry at each other. Okay. Uh, This comes from the LeBron piece, obviously. In the past, there was the perception GMs didn't want to anger each other with offer sheets. That they were that they were philosophically against the idea. Hogwash, says Ray Shiro, and this is the quote from the Devils general manager, Are you philosophically against improving your team? No, said Devils GM. That's what it comes down to. You always hear about the old boys club, the old boys club? Seriously, I don't care whether it's the new boys club or old boys, you want to win. Everybody's competitive, maybe 20 years ago, Somebody would say the team would get you back. Really? That's not how you operate. It's about planning and doing what's best. So uh, there it is. Mm -hmm. That's seasoned veteran general manager Ray Shiro Hmm. saying that no one's planning on getting getting back. Our team's like if Toronto gets offer sheeted by the Islanders, they Mm -hmm. lose Kasperi Kapanen. Is are they sitting in their office the next day? Like, oh, we gotta get these guys back. No, they're saying, how do we replace Kasperi Kapanen? Mm-hmm. They try and improve their team. Yeah, because they just lost a player because the team was trying to improve their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll read one more quote from Chuck Fletcher here, Flyers GM. It's a tool, but the problem is many cases. In many cases, is that you have to overpay to overwhelm the team to get the player to the point where you end up creating cap issues for yourself. So it has to be dot, 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 there for... There are probably circumstances where you would consider it and probably circumstances where it just doesn't make any sense. can be pretty prohibitive price, both in terms of money and assets you have to give up. So there's good and bad, but who says you got to offer sheet to star player? Like a Marner or a Point. It could be a lower-level guy. Like, I think San Jose offer-sheeted Niemi and Nick Jalmerson one time. And I think Chicago kept both. No, Chicago let Niemi go. Did they? Hold on. i got to yes. look this up. Yeah, yeah they would have. Yeah, Chicago yeah. let Anthony Niemi go to mm-hmm. San Jose, and they kept Jalmerson. So. Right, right. And I, 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 I don't know. It's a contentious... Issue. I know, like Shiro said, I, I do take that into consideration. But uh, it just takes one. It just think, takes once. one. And you, here, here's one thing, too. It's been so long, 2013. Yeah. If you're a GM, you never have 100% job security anyway. So if you're gone within four years, why not put all your eggs in one basket and go after a guy like that? 
Because mm-hmm. you might not have a very good span at the job. My only last one contract is, what, three years or so for new GM. So, I mean, maybe that's a factor, too. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on any more on offer sheets. Who do you think? Okay, let's do a bold prediction. One player gets offer sheeted, who is it? Pick a couple if you want. I'm going to say Kapanen is going to I was going to say Kapanen. By the Islanders. Okay. I think the Islanders are going to... Like, if there's a guy that's like, I'm going to get him back, it's Lou Lamorello Mm -hmm. for taking John Tavares. Pajama boy. I feel like Ajo, maybe. Mm. I think a team will overvalue him. Yeah. Carolina can afford him, though. Yeah. That's a thing. They just match. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who else? Like, Janssen is a possibility, too, yeah. but is that really worth... I mean, he's having a good year, but I don't know. Nah, I don't I don't think that'll happen. I, I think, Truba. I think Truba could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. I know Boston was thinking about it. That, yeah, there's a chance there. Oh, I, I don't know if I brought this up before, but I was listening to Hockey Central or something on Sportsnet, and Brian Burke was like, he was going to offer sheet Phil Kessel if yeah. Boston wouldn't trade him. And that would have been better. Probably. I don't know if it would, was he would with have Toronto been multiple then? first round picks. Or who was he well, with? Toronto was gonna offer sheet okay. Kessel on the Bruins. Right. So Yeah, I didn't know who Brian Burke was. They were gonna with try it. and get like their second or third round pick back or something to make the offer sheet work. And also worth noting, the Sabres don't have their own third round pick next year. Mm-hmm. So if they want to do an offer sheet, they're probably gonna have to get that pick back from the Hurricanes. And it's not gonna happen. Jason Bottrell doesn't strike me as the guy that would do an offer sheet. But anyways, let's talk about the playoff format. Because it's yeah. become okay. it's coming up a lot lately, right? And te- and pl- and fans are really annoyed that we're going to be seeing Toronto, Boston in the first round, where it's like the third and fourth best team in the league that will be eliminated very quickly. So, what's your take on this garbage playoff format? Well, the main thing I want to point out is that going back to the old way of doing things would require realigning the league once more because the old team the old way of doing it the top three seeds were all division winners there's only two divisions in each conference obviously so you need two more divisions in the league so we're not going back to that so in a way be careful what you wish for because who knows what gary bettman and co can concoct in uh to change this thing around uh but it's madness at the moment okay you have the 20th team in the league going into the playoffs i mean 21st team i people have have said maybe a 1 through 16 format that would be stupid i think that would be interesting the stanley cup is meant to be the best of both conferences okay it's east versus west i think that would be better than what's going on right now you're not getting the third and fourth best team I'm no. against each other in the first round. I'm not a fan of that. Like, can you imagine who's 16th right now? Six Tampa versus who? Tampa versus in general or in, in the... general, like okay. one versus 16. So if we were to look at the wild card, then we have Tampa in first, 79 points for the last one. Tampa and Minnesota. Tampa would throttle Minnesota. They would kill that them. That would be. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. What, what are the other matchups? What are the other so matchups? So we have Tampa and Minnesota. First of all, Minnesota is the very last seed. They are 17th in the league. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next. Wait, it would be. Hold on. Let's see. What? Let's see. Ah. Yeah, go, go, go to the yeah. league. It'd be 
Tampa versus Dallas. Oh, okay. Dallas yeah. is 16. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, Calgary, Columbus, Columbus, Toronto, Vegas. Oh, wow. San Jose, Montreal. See, that doesn't work either then. Washington, Pittsburgh. You got your rivalry. There you go. Islanders, Hurricanes, Nashville, Winnipeg. That See, that's what we're trying to eliminate, though, already with the current system is True. juggernauts facing juggernauts in the first round. And you know what? That's how it was back in the 80s. You had good teams, you know, good Boston teams getting knocked out all the time. Mm-hmm. And the same good matchups Sabres over teams. and over. Good Sabres teams, sure. Over and over, it was, you know, team the same teams getting knocked out. But I think the best way, realign the divisions. You have a new team coming in. Okay, yeah, let's think here. Uh, what if they just get rid of the wild card altogether and just go four in each division? Four in each division would work. That I'm a fan of that. Yeah, sure. That was another thing that has been proposed. Uh, well, then why don't we just go back to the top eight in each conference? Why not? That would be good. What, I, what would the matchups be I if mean, they went top You know what? Eight? I suppose if even if you went one through eight, there wouldn't be a problem. Just give the top seed to the top the top two uh, seeds to the top two division winners. You know, that's that's all you could do. What would it be? Uh, what, one through eight? One talking? through eight. So it would be... Well, the app is be, stupid and only gives you three options. It would be uh, Tampa versus... Oh, my God, I hate this. Mm-hmm. It'd, yeah, it'd be Tampa versus... Uh, you know what? Screw this. Montreal. This app sucks. It would be Tampa versus Montreal. Yeah. It would be Boston versus Pittsburgh. That'd be a good series. Mm, Toronto. Are we doing this in general or based on the division leaders, too? Nah, like one versus eight. One versus strictly seven. one versus eight. Oh, yeah. Okay, Toronto versus Carolina, and Washington versus the New York Islanders. Good series. I like it. In the West, we would have Calgary versus Minnesota. Calgary with throttle. San Jose versus Dallas. Nashville versus Vegas, and Winnipeg versus St. Louis. All right. I like it. Yeah, why not? I just think... Let's go back. They messed with... playoff format sucks. They messed with something that was not broken. And it's ruined. It's It's ruined. It's all because of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. You bums. Ah. They played a season in the Southeast Division. I remember that. Mm -hmm. That was weird. Uh, I want to talk about the Blue Jackets. Okay. Because it looks like they might have a solid chance of not making the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. And what happens if they don't if they don't make the playoffs? Exactly. Do they fire Yarmo Kikalainen and John Tortorella? Do the Sabers like, hey John, you want to coach Buffalo? I voted for him in your poll. Really? Yeah. I think John Tortorella would not be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. He would not be a bad. You talk idea. about toughness on the ice. How about toughness in the room? He wouldn't stand for that. No. He wouldn't stand he for would, this nonsense. Mm, oh, man. That would be fun. Ooh, it would just man. be fun. Oh, uh, He's always been linked to Buffalo. I mean, he coached Rochester. I take him. Do it. I take him. I'd, I'd love it. He'd be a step up over Phil Housley. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, if the Sabres fire Phil Housley, is anybody like, hey, come coach our team, Phil? Nobody. No one's no. talking about Phil Housley and being like, oh, this guy. 
he could he could take us to the promised land. Exactly. This is the only head coaching job he's ever going to have. Mm-hmm. Unless like he wins the Stanley Cup here, yeah, by some miracle. But yeah, uh, they got a lot of UFAs: Dezingle, Duchesne, McQuaid, who they just acquired, Panarin, Panarin, and Bobrovsky. What if they lose all of them? What if they lose all of them? Are you talking Alexi Lafreniere? No, I think that they still have a good team beneath those guys. Who's their goalie? This is Elvis Merzlikens uh, or whoever going to come up. Yeah, I guess. Elvis Merzikens or... Yeah. I mean, their defense is good. They got mm-hmm. two legit top pair guys in Wierenski and Josh Seth Anderson's Jones. having a good year on offense, though. And they were good without Artemi Panarin. So, Bobrovsky, though. Mm-hmm. Losing him is going to be hurt. That, I think that's going to hurt. But there's there's some goalies out there. You got Jimmy Howard, Semyon yeah. Barlamov will be available too. I I don't know. I I could definitely see them going scorched earth and just being like, you know what? It's over. Davidson, you're gone. Yarmo, you're gone. Torts, you're gone. It's what do you you can't really tear it all down though if you're the Blue Jackets. Because you still have Dubois, you still have Wierenski, Jones. What are you going to do? Unload all those guys? It's going to take too long into their exactly. career to get fully rebuilt. So they're going to keep contending. Maybe they sign Duchesne and let Panarin walk. If But if you let all these guys walk, excuse me, and you sign Duchesne, you don't got your first-round pick next year. I think it's something they'd be willing – I think it, it, Yarmo would be willing to do that because it means his job. I truly think that. Mm-hmm. And good for the Blue Jackets going for it. They've never won a playoff yeah. series, but was that really wise to literally mortgage your future? Like they don't have dra- they have two draft picks this year, a third and a seventh round pick. Oh wow! Yeah, they might know. not have a first or a second next year. That's it's looking rough. Like and for a team that doesn't really draft well in the first place, that could do you in. Yeah, and they don't really have all that deep of a prospect pool either. And they traded away. Two of their best, and uh, Jonathan Davidson, as well as Vitaly Abramov. So they better better hope it works out in Columbus with these trades because they got nothing, no draft picks for the most part, no prospects. You know, they got Liam Foodie and Alexand- the French kid Alexander Texier, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. So it's looking rough over there. You got to make the playoffs. I say it like Teixeira because I know that Mark Teixeira used to play for the mm-hmm. Yankees, and it's like, oh well, there's an A at the end of that. Yeah. Uh, is that all we got? Sabres Hawks tonight. Uh, hopefully they don't That's embarrass fun. themselves. Oh, I want to. I want to touch on this. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to say this earlier, but I forgot. I don't want to see any false positives this year. Like false hope. Yeah, I don't want to have like the one year where the Blue Jackets had that crazy run at the end and still didn't make the playoffs. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see a crazy winning streak at this at the end here, because then it just gives. The excuse to where, oh yeah, Phil's our coach next year. You see, you look at, mm-hmm. you look at the way they played down the stretch. We want to give this group another chance. I don't need to see that. Get to the end, whatever the season's over. If they lose every game, I don't care. Yeah. You get, you're getting a good player in the draft. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Good draft especially where the Sabres are going to be picking because I guarantee you they're only going up in the draft order, not down, because, again, the Sabres suck. They're not a good team. We're, I mean, the horse is dead at this point. We've beaten the dead horse. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't need to see any false positives. I want to see development. I want to see Tage Thompson have a good end if he's still up here. I want to see Casey Middlestat continue to look like he did against the Oilers. I want to see Rasmus Dahlin continue to produce. I want to see Jack Eichel, you know, get to can he get to 95 points, something like that. How many? What's he at right now? What's he on pace for? Can he get to? Eichel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go off. Let's get have Jack Eichel go off. I want to see Sam Reinhart continue to prove all of the people wrong. I want to see anybody but Rasmus Ristolainen get time on the first pairing. Marco Scandella. And... That's 72 points in 63 games. He can hit 90. And I would like to see Brandon Montour get time on any pairing that isn't the third line. Yeah. Oh, man. This is so frustrating. Because that is coaching. That's where coaching signs through. Montour, he's, I mean, he, I like him. I like him a lot, but he makes some mistakes. And with a player of his style, it's going to happen sometimes. And I, the suburban hockey dads that were sitting behind me at the Oilers game kept saying, oh, what a bad trade. Brandon Gooley's going to be a stud. We gave up that first-round pick. Oh, my God, just put me out of my misery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's all we got for this episode, right? Yes. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, quick observation, Jack Eichel is two goals away from 100 career goals. Hmm. And I think Reinhardt's two points away from 200 points. So a bust, you know, big time Eichel bust. also one point away from 250 points career all time. Mm-hmm. Or career. There it is. Okay. All right, uh, again, we got DJ Mitchell's interview. It'll be public, it'll be up probably around, like, I don't know, I'll schedule it for like 6, 7 o'clock, six, seven o'clock tonight. You can listen to it before... The Sabres game against the Blackhawks. I believe it's an 8.30 face-off, right? 8.30 face-off? 8.30? That sounds about right for Chicago. 8.30 face-off tonight. Sabres, Blackhawks, uh, they're probably going to lose. Patrick Kane's going to go off. Yeah, 8.30. Yeah, 8.30. That's confirmed. Hashtag confirmed. Uh, Yeah, you can catch DJ Mitchell's interview with Ryan Lambert tonight or whenever you feel like listening to it around like 7 o'clock. That should be up. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's with Ryan Lambert of Yahoo Sports, of course. You yes. saw the five-minute snippet from earlier. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, Charging Buffalo. Just search them up. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. And also, you can follow us on Twitter, JoeTCBNHL and LukeTCB. And we'll be back next week for another episode. Uh, maybe we'll be talking about the draft next week who knows but we'll see and also give us a rating on apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. why not give us a nice five star rating yes uh and like the track on soundcloud as well and as always we appreciate you guys for listening and we will see you in the next one